welcome to Risk Chats with a Firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, Tal and I will be speaking to the Treasury, a couple of risk officers there, Karen Weber from the headquarters level, and Nicole Purry from the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. So we kind of get two different perspectives of risk management at the Treasury. So uh, we hope you'll enjoy this one and get a little bit of uh, more understanding of how things work over there. So without further ado, let's talk to Nicole and Karen. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Okay, so today we are happy to be speaking with the Treasury and we have a couple risk officers, which is always nice to have. Um, so b- uh, before we introduce them, let's uh, introduce our co-host, Mr. Tal over there. And good day. It's always great to have a risk chat. That's right. Good day for a risk chat. So why don't we start off uh, maybe with Karen? Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Karen Weber. I am the Deputy Chief Risk Officer at the Department of Treasury and Director of the Office of Risk Management. Awesome. Welcome. And then we also have Nicole. Yes. Hello. Um, my name is Nicole Puri, and I'm the, the Chief Risk Officer uh, Director of Enterprise Risk Management at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service, which is a, a component of Treasury. Yeah, and then in your spare time, you're the affirm president too, right? <laughs> that is correct. I, I have the honor of being the president of affirm currently. Yep. All hail the chief. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here today. And we are doing a virtual here. So uh, if there's any time lags, that's what's going on. But uh, we kind of wanted to start off, I guess the purpose of the podcast today, we really haven't had a podcast with Treasury at all, so we really wanted to just educate the listeners and the community about, you know, what your risk programs look like over there. And, uh, you know, you have kind of the department level, you have uh, the Bureau of Fiscal Service. Um, and you even have the national level. There you go. Okay. So maybe, Karen, do you want to kind of kick us off a little bit just to kind of explain I mean, if you know the whole structure, just explain how ERM is set up at, at the department. Sure. Uh, so at the department, um, we are currently structured um, with the uh, chief risk officer is um, the assistant secretary for management, uh, who is a political appointee. Um, and my office reports to him. I am the top career person in charge of the enterprise risk management program. Um, and the office of risk management is under me. Um, but, uh, this, it was a change, um, about two and a half years ago, um, to the structure. We originally had a chief risk officer, um, that reported directly to the deputy secretary. Um, but when he retired, we moved into the structure. So it puts um, our office in with the other management functions of Treasury, such as budget, strategic planning, performance, um, procurement operations, many other offices. Um, and my enterprise risk management program um, takes a look at the top risk of the entire department um, and not just main treasury, but it encompasses risks 
from all of our bureaus as well as the policy offices within um, Maine Treasury. So do you have risk officers throughout the, the agency? We have risk points of contact throughout the agency. Um, some of our bureaus, such as fiscal service, um, IRS, OCC, and Mint, have chief risk officers appointed. Um, the other risk points of contact are um, in various places within the bureaus and the policy offices, but they are the people who um, understand all of the top risks of their um, specific bureau or office. Okay, and that's kind of, I wanted to go through with you, you know, what is your particular office's role in ERM, and then to get in with Nicole, kind of from her bureau perspective, how that might differ. So maybe, you know, if you could give us a little bit more insight, what do you see as your role in your position that you're in right now at Treasury? Sure. So my role is to make sure that, um, well, number one is um, A123, uh, the development of a treasury-wide risk profile. Uh, so that entails um, making sure that my office understands um, the top risks of all of the different parts of treasury bureaus and offices, um, and then looks at them in a, whole, a holistic nature, cross-cutting um, to find out which risks are either um, mentioned many times, uh, those are usually operational risks, or those that uh, really could affect the accomplishment of Treasury's mission um, that should be you know, raised to the top as a possible strategic risk to the department. Right. So, and then how would you um, characterize how you, um, you know, interact with the different bureaus and kind of their programs? Like, for instance, do you guys put out a department-wide sure. methodology in a lexicon? Do you have a singular process during the year that you use to bring risks up for the profile uh, development? How you, how you uh, compose the department profile out of the different uh, component risk registers? Yes. Yeah, so um, we have... Um, we have an enterprise risk management council that is comprised of all of my risk points of contact, the chief risk officers, as well as others around the department of treasury. We meet every other month and we discuss the top risks to our individual areas or, um, or the cross cutting risks in the treasury risk profile, how we're doing. Um, and it's through that, ERM Council that um, annually we ask the bureaus and the offices to update their individual risk profiles. Our office takes a look at them, but at the same time of year, the Treasury Office of Strategic Planning and Performance Improvement is looking at what progress the department has made to achieving its strategic objectives. My office partners with their office and using the risk profiles, we figure out the risks and the challenges 
to achieving our strategic objectives. Once we have finished that process, we take what we receive from those profiles plus what we receive through the strategic objective review process. And we look at all of the evidence to show us what risks um, are possibly, are, are the highest risk to achieving Treasury's objectives, as well as which risks um, are cross-cutting operational risks that are mentioned in either many of the Bureau's profiles or across several of the objectives as a stumbling block to be able to achieve the objectives. And so through that process, we develop somewhere between our top seven to 10 risks across the department and divide them into strategic risks and operational risks. Um, then we ask people to review the mitigation um, current actions that we're doing on it, um, risk scoring. We ask the ERM council to review it as our main you know, sources of input <laughs> into the risk profile and um, then have other clearers around the department uh, take a look at it, provide input, and then we are able to finalize and have a list of the top risks of the department. Um, that we can then use um, in the remaining time of the year to try to work on some mitigation strategies that might be broad across Treasury. Um, lots of them headed by my management, Assistant Secretary for Management colleagues, um, to try to figure out how we can figure out solutions across Treasury. Um, so that each bureau or each office doesn't have to figure out a solution for mitigation um, by themselves. Hey, so Karen, in terms of risk appetite statements and how that that plays a role in the development of the profile, does does the Secretary of Treasury or senior Treasury leadership have they have they composed and promulgated a risk appetite statement for the department? I'm sorry, I had trouble hearing you, but I believe you asked about risk appetite. Yes, for a department uh, risk so, appetite statement. Yes, okay. Uh, so we are in the process of developing a treasury-wide risk appetite statement. Uh, we It will be a, a high-level uh, risk appetite statement, but um, we are actually incorporating it into our uh, strategic plan. Um, for the coming year. So right now, uh, we're working, you know, teaming with our um, you know, sister office who's uh, doing the work. But in that, we hope to have um, a high-level risk appetite statement that will then be approved by the secretary because she will approve the strategic plan. So um, one more And then from there, we can start working on – oh, yes, yeah, go ahead. No, that's fine. No, I just wanted to ask you, so, and, that, and that's good. I mean, it seems like a lot of agencies are 
getting out there that risk appetite either internally published or even some are externally published and i know that's a tricky thing with agencies like the treasury you don't really want to put too much out there right or is that a fair statement or would that be something public or probably just internal um well the high level uh would be public and published in um our strategic plan that anybody could find on uh, the web um but you know when we are to think about, you know, a step down from this high level and operationalize um, risk appetite, that would most likely be around a strategic objective level, uh, the lower level, and that would be internal. And Karen, I think that's a great place to put it. I mean, it, when we're talking about risk appetite statements, then we're talking about what are the control objectives and the risk tolerances around each of those performance, strategic level performance targets, strategic targets. Do you guys use, uh, have, have mm -hmm. you been in the process of putting tolerances around strategic operating targets? So it's it's a number plus a range around the number? Is that is that part of the plan or is that, in, is that something that you're developing? Not yet. We're still developing the plan. It's very new. <laughs> um, so I'd say that for for certain for certain measurements within the strategic plan um, and certain strategies and measurement things, we know, you know trying to test ourselves against how we're doing on the meeting our objectives. Um, some of those, you know, internally already, um, bureaus and officers who own those strategies or objectives keep track of metrics and report on their metrics internally. Um, and so we already, from them, we already know like what, what means, um, you know, we're doing well or not, or we're falling behind. Um, but yes, if we were taking a step ahead to look, to think about tolerances, um, around, are meeting our objectives. That that would definitely be part of it. We'd have to just kind of bring it all together. Um, you know, which we haven't done yet. We're we're just not to that point yet, but we hope to be. Well, great. Well, why don't we? Uh, I know Nicole's over there, ready to jump in here. So why don't we uh, turn to you, Nicole? Um, why don't you give us a little insight on you know maybe how things are different from where you are at the Bureau of Fiscal Service? You know, what is what's the risk role there you know how does this maybe differ from some of the priorities or risks that the department kind of focuses on maybe give us a little insight there sure absolutely have to um so yeah the, the bureau um definitely operates as a as a separate entity when it comes to erm um in the sense that you know we we have a um a completely uh you know sort of ERM program that's independent of what Treasury does, um, and mainly that's because we we have our own strategic goals and objectives. So the agency, while a component of Treasury, definitely has you know things that it's working on internally and, and goals that it wants to achieve. Um, and so for that reason, kind of having an ERM program that's focused on that um, makes sense. And at the same time, of course, we coordinate closely with the department. Our risks do feed up into Treasury's risk profile. Um, and you know, get considered for 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 that profile as well. So it's a it's definitely kind of a a two pronged effort. But I would say most of my time is spent on looking at risk management just within the bureau. 
Um, so I report to uh, the Deputy Commissioner for Finance and Administration, um, who's a, uh, a an executive, senior executive in our agency, and she reports to the commissioner of the agency. So that's kind of our, our current structure. As of right now, ERM is a separate part of the organization. We, we only do enterprise risk management. Um, we have um, other areas of risk management and we have our internal controls function and all of those um, currently operate separately. Um, and, you know, it, it works it works pretty well. I think where we're placed in the organization um, is, is pretty, pretty effective for us to be able to kind of um, move forward with our ERM program goals. And uh, so it, it's been it's been pretty good so far. No, Nicole, um, you're, you guys have yeah. your, your – the fiscal service has its own uh, strategic goals and objectives. Do they map over, I'm assuming, to the department's strategic goals and objectives such that when you have your risks that are tied to strategic goals and objectives that, that the department uses that framework to bring your risks over when they're, when they're comparing – your risks from your profile along with OCC and IRS, which are, you know, incredibly different, different functions. So Paul, you're, you're going in and out. I think you're asking, do our, does our profile get considered along with other bureaus and components? Uh, your goals and objectives. Um, you're, you've, you've said you've got, you've got your own goals and objectives. I'm assuming those tie to department goals and objectives through a strategic framework. Do they use that so that when you provide your profile and your risks are tied to goals and objectives that then they the department maps them together or, or maybe that's for Karen as well? Yeah, I'll just give a quick answer and then definitely Karen chime in. Um, so it, it, it's looked at as part of uh, the quarterly performance reviews and strategic objective annual review, the SOAR process that we do. Um, but it's as of right now, I wouldn't say they're all closely tied together. Um, it's more that, you know, we have a set of risks that we manage internally, um, some of which, you know, as they go up to Maine Treasury, they get incorporated into Maine Treasury's profile. And then the kind of performance reviews and, you know, um, at that level, it gets it gets looked at at, at the Treasury level. Um, and we get we're involved in that, but it's uh, it doesn't necessarily um, cover every objective or strategy that we have internally. Right. It's the ones that are important to Maine Treasury. Right, and Karen, is that what you see also from, right. from the others, from the other uh, organizations? Yeah, yeah. Um, when we when we ask for an update, we do ask like, uh, does this, you know, for every risk, will it or could it affect um, any of the Treasury's strategic objectives? So it's a question we ask, but it's not necessarily filled in, um, and that's fine. Um, but for those that it's marked that way, um, for example, if if um, fiscal service or IRS or you know, any of our other bureaus um, are one of the major contributors to um, a strategic objective, and they were to mark that this particular risk they're listing, you know, could affect a strategic objective, then we would, you know, you know highly consider that. And make sure to put that into our um, SOAR process or the strategic objective annual review process that Nicole mentioned. Um, we'll, we'll make sure that that is listed as a risk to that objective. Um, but otherwise, you know, if it's uh, 
more general risks that could have, you know, far-ranging impl- implications, um, we'll definitely consider that um, kind of like separately, but you know, could also be a contributing factor um, to other risks we're seeing. And Nicole, if you would if you would share how much collaboration and like cross pollination happens between the fiscal services risk program and those of the other major components? Um, I would say there's definitely a good amount of communication. Um, some of it's formal, some of it's informal. Um, Karen hosts a uh, like a treasury wide ERM. Um, council that talks about risks and other, you know, um, you know, aspects of risk management that apply across treasury, across all the components. So we have regular meetings around that where we can engage. Um, and there's informal communication. You know, I frequently reach out to say Tom Brandt at IRS or, um, you know, other folks at other treasury components for, you know, just to share information or to get advice or, or things like that. So it's actually a really, I think it's a very nice, um, you know, supportive structure um, because several components have pretty good ERM programs or are in the process of building pretty strong ERM programs and others are, you know, still getting started. So it's kind of a, a community in and of itself that um, that we can kind of rely on that all has a common theme, right, a common thread through it. We're all, we're all sort of in support of treasuries. Um, mission and goals. So, Nicole, um, kind of my next question, and, and actually, since you are the affirm president, you know, are there other best practices or things you see at other agencies that you're interested in, maybe uh, kind of moving forward where, where, with your program, or kind of what's the next thing you'd like to be able to do with your program? Paul, saying, what have you poached from other agencies? <laughs> What have I poached? Well, I actually poached a lot from the IRS. Um, when I when I came into fiscal service about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, you know, the the program, the the risk culture was actually pretty strong. People understood why risk management was important, but it was really focused on operational risks, which makes perfect sense because the agency is very operational in nature, right? We're about getting payments out to people or about collecting funds or about, you know, good solid financial management and providing services to other agencies um, and that sort of thing. So it made a lot of sense. But what I saw was that we were on a trajectory to, um, to kind of broaden our scope out to be more strategic. So there are some longer term strategic goals that the agency is now starting to adopt around things like, um, you know, really, improving customer experience for our customers, um, being much more data-driven um, and, and having a data strategy that supports that uh, and some other things. So I took a look at, you know, our, our, oper- our current use of risk management for operations and said, this is great and we want to keep it, but I would love to add a strategic component to this so that we can get a better sense of where our risks are around those strategic goals that we have. Um, and, and that was something that needed to be built out further. So, you know, I really have focused a lot of time on getting a structure into place that will support that, um, will support the ability to really look closely at strategic risks and hopefully add value into how decisions are getting made around these strategic goals. Um, and so the next kind of year or so, you know, that's what I did the last year. The next year is going to be focused on how do we continue to mature that risk culture and help people think more strategically 
and really to demonstrate for our executives and staff how risk can inform decisions. Because they know it's important, but they haven't seen it in action yet, I think, um, outside of an operational context. So, you know, and I, I think that distinction is important, too, between explaining it and demonstrating it. A lot of us sort of explain why we think risk management is important, but it's a lot harder to really demonstrate it. Um, you know, just, just pointing out that it's useful isn't enough. We have to really learn what's challenging our business areas and understand the context of the work and the challenges that they're facing well enough to ask insightful questions. And that's, that's hard. It takes time and it takes a lot of focus. Um, so, you know, part of that, part of what we're doing to be able to meet that challenge is to um, look at and understand trends in the federal and private marketplace around our business lines and what are some external drivers of change. So, I mean, even things as big as like, hey, we're probably going to be moving more to a virtual environment or to, you know, larger um, portions of our employee base is going to be remote. So how does that impact us? How do we need to be thinking about 10 years from now and start planning now? And I think that's been that's it's it's a little bit of a new phenomenon for um for the fiscal service to think like that, but they're really doing a great job at embracing that and trying to trying to get there. They really want to they want to do it well, um, and so that's really encouraging for me in the in the ERM space. Well, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great insights. Um, and actually, I wanted to ask Karen kind of the same thing as we're kind of wrapping up here. You know, what do you see? that, you know, either other agencies are doing or just that where's the next step you want to be in in, in the ERM maturity for the Treasury? Yeah, so I think the next kind of big project we're doing is um, our office has been in existence since fall of 2014. But, um, you know, and we've matured our program, you know, taken a couple steps back, you know, as a program does throughout its life. Um, but we've never really had a maturity model in place uh, to really demonstrate and get um, opinions on where we want to go. Um, where do we feel happy? You know, are we hitting where we want to be as the treasury? Um, and so I have um, stolen <laughs> the great work that um, a federal maturity model um, work group had done a couple of months ago to uh, really create from scratch um, a maturity model that could work for federal agencies. And we've taken it and kind of made it our own in some areas um, to fit you know, the treasury culture and how we operate. But um, so we plan to use that, um, come up with a methodology to figure out uh, where not only we see ourselves, but also our partners within Treasury see the ERM program. Um, but also as a part of that, um, try to figure out the risk culture. And that's something that's stolen from Tom Brandt at IRS um, using the federal EVS scores um, and certain questions in that to try to figure out, um, you know, we use it as a gauge of where Treasury is. Um, in risk culture and then start those conversations as well. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be kind of like a pretty big um, step forward uh, that we want to take. And then I'd say second is uh, working more closely with offices and bureaus on progress made on mitigations because a lot of times, you know, very small staff and Nicole does too, um, 
you know, finding the time to really, you know, think about, ask the questions about what has happened in, um, during the year, what, uh, projects, things were put in place and, um, actually how, how do we really think that that affects the likelihood or impact scoring? How do we think, you know, did it make a positive impact? Should we be doing it, continuing it? Should we think of some new strategy, um, you know, for treasury as a whole, something you know, really like to work on in advancing maturity? <laughs> you know, Karen, something to, as you're talking about that, maybe this is a firm Karen, a firm president Karen question, but uh, well, while OMB puts out guidance and direction, uh, a lot of it's pretty high level. A lot of it provides lots of options. But now with a maturity model out where I believe they're pointing towards specific behaviors, values, activities, results, is there, is there something that, uh, that you see as like maybe an affirm role in not a compliance checklist, but a, an, a self-assessment guide for practitioners and ERM leaders um, having having been in, you know, doing some assessments in different places in the past, like NARA, for all the standard, you know, federal records management places where there's specific goals and objectives and processes and activities and results, they have a self-assessment guide that allows program managers to uh, have a fairly detailed uh, method to come up with a pretty objective perspective regarding where their program is right now. Is that something that a firm or that one does Treasury have something like that for the other for the other components, or is that something that uh, that a firm might have a role in in terms of of taking the GAO and the and the corporate and the OMB guidance and coming up with a tool of self assessment? So, Nicole, I'll let you you know handle the firm piece, but uh, for Treasury. Yeah, we are using um, this kind of self-assessment um, maturity model where, where we'll be asking, you know, our partners, our ERM council members, and then partners we work with um, within treasure, within uh, main treasury um, to kind of assess the program using some parameters that were developed by um, a federal working group of our colleagues, um, which, um, is, is published in the update to um, the ERM playbook. Um, however, that's not published widely yet. That it, it is available to all uh, federal employees on um, OMB's MAX uh, site, um, but it is not published on a public website yet. Um, so we use that, and I know several other agencies use that as our... Um, you know, uh, we've changed what they did to suit us. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of agencies are using kind of that maturity model. But, Nicole, leave it up to you um, to answer about a firm. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, a firm doesn't currently have a self-assessment tool. Um, I think that, you know, given kind of where things are currently and, and some of the things that have been discussed in the in the federal community that we probably would wait to see if that's something that OMB wants to lead on. Um, and, you know, if they did, we would, we would, you know, 
love to be involved, but um, I, I think that that would, you know, OMB would need to lead it. Um, we we do, a firm does have a, a current effort underway to kind of develop some high level, um, I don't know, like, you know, we're still we're still looking for the right word to describe it, but, but kind of like, a, you know, prep good practices around federal enterprise risk management. And those are, you know, pretty, pretty significantly underway. They, they're in peer review currently. So I think it provides some guidance for folks at least to be able to look at, um, you know, or again, the guidance isn't quite the right word, but it provides some, some practices around um, things that, that can be done that a firm believes are important in the practice of ERM federally um, that folks could kind of compare themselves against and say, you know, do we have this, um, you know, what would be some ways to get better, which is really the intent of it. Um, so, so that is something that a firm is working on, and um, it's always possible that could turn into some sort of self-assessment guide, perhaps, you know, in conjunction with OMB, or <laughs> at least, at least, uh, you know, kind of under whatever OMB's guidance is in that area. Um, but at this point in time, we we're not currently working on a self-assessment tool, uh, but we do hope that our um, our kind of good practices guide will be very useful for the community. Well, great. Well, Nicole, Karen, I want to thank you very much. Um, and actually, I want—I'm a liar because we have talked to the treasurer. We talked to IRS. Actually, Tom was our first guest on this podcast, so I'm sure he'd be mad if I said we never talked to anybody at the treasury. So, but either way, now we've got the two of you too. So, I want to thank you very much for joining us today and and uh, giving us some insights about the treasury. It's another risk chat. Wrap. <laughs> Thanks again. Great. Thank you. Thank you. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Affirm.org is where you'll find all the podcasts. And don't forget, sign up for that summit. It's coming up soon. I know you will want to check it out. I know I'm going. And uh, once again, we're virtual this year, but you know what? Hopefully get some networking done, maybe before or or after, and head back into that in-person style sometime soon hopefully but until then you can tune in and listen to all our podcasts so with that this is your host paul marshall signing off for risk chats with a firm